pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider scriptural wisdom and encouragement on your walk towards God's kingdom. I'm so glad you could join me for another week. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. A couple of months ago, I was in a bookstore looking for motivational books about effective tidying and cleaning habits. I tend to get behind on my housekeeping duties, so I figured I'd get a book or two in the hopes that I'd find the motivation to get my house in order. Literally. And at first it seemed to work great. I was motivated, I was getting stuff done, I felt good. But then the real world came knocking. Work got stressful. I had to go out of town for a weekend. My house started showing signs of real problems that needed attention. Before I knew it, I was back to my previous lifestyle, feeling even more deflated and unmotivated before I started. How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you. I relied entirely on the positive feeling of motivation and didn't focus at all on building up my discipline. You see, motivation, it's great for getting started, but over time, it wears off. Discipline, on the other hand, that's what keeps those behaviors going. And as I got to thinking, I realized that discipline isn't just important for tidying up the home. It's one of the key characteristics of discipleship. And if you look at the words discipline and disciple side by side, you'll notice they even look similar. And that's because they come from the same Latin root word, discere, which means to learn. See, motivational books, they can spark a feeling, but they can't force you to learn. Only you can decide whether you want to receive instruction or not. And it's for this very reason Solomon wrote so many proverbs to his sons. He wanted them to be disciplined, to make effective decisions when it wasn't easy to do so. Take a listen to a few verses from Proverbs 5, verses 7 through 12, which deals with avoiding sexual immorality. And now, O sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years for the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength, and your labors go to the house of a foreigner, And at the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. And if that's not enough for you, let's look at the last few verses of the chapter, verses 21 through 23. For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline. And because of his great folly, he is led astray. He dies for lack of discipline. That's jarring. Now, hopefully you don't have to deal with the temptation of adultery every day. But let's face it, the condition of your spiritual life, it's not going to be defined by those blatant, in-your-face temptations, right? It's the little decisions that you probably don't even think about that paint the picture of your spiritual health. God in his wisdom often used a metaphor of marriage to explain the relationship between Christ and the ecclesia, the saints. 
if marriage is the metaphor of the sacred bond that we share with our head, the Lord Jesus Christ, then it follows suit that adultery is a metaphor for us straying from that relationship, right? So when does spiritual adultery occur? Spiritual adultery occurs when we turn our back on God and the sacrifice of his son and go back to our former lover, our sinful desires, and our selfish interests. Spiritual adultery is when we choose our own fleeting pleasures over seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. And it's when we neglect the needs of those that are sick, lonely, and vulnerable in the household of faith in favor of our own personal wants and desires. So how do we avoid that? Well, we have to pursue the right behaviors rather than the feelings to develop spiritual discipline so that we don't fall prey to spiritual adultery. Take a listen to what the writer of Hebrews had to say about that discipline, reading from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I just want you to think about what you and I have been offered by the God that created everything. We've been invited to share his holiness. But we must first endure the unpleasant feelings that come with spiritual training and discipline. And we're promised that if we pursue godly behaviors instead of fleeting motivation, we too will yield peaceful food of righteousness, ready to be harvested by Christ and shared with our brothers and sisters near and far. So instead of waiting for a Bible school or the start of a new year to make drastic spiritual changes in your life, start today. Don't let your spiritual life be dictated by how you feel. Because God hasn't asked us to love with all we have left over. God's asked us to love him with all we have. So don't chase the feelings. Chase the spiritual behavior, and the spiritual benefits will follow. To conclude, let's listen to this call of action that the writer of Hebrews gave right after that passage we just heard in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 through 15. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Your time is valuable, so I want to thank you for spending it with me today on Pause to Consider. If you like this devotion, share it with your friends in your ecclesia. 
You can follow the Facebook and Instagram pages found in the podcast description for updates on new devotions and for availability on the major podcast platforms. If you have feedback, I want to hear about it. Email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. I hope this has been helpful for you on your walk. And I pray for God to be with you until we meet again, whether it be on next week's devotion or in God's kingdom. God bless.